Thank you for downloading this episode of the Mac Report Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our subscribers over at themacreport.com. Their support allows us to bring you our coverage of Merrimack Athletics. If you are a subscriber, I thank you. And if you're interested in becoming a subscriber and gaining access to all of our coverage, head on over to themacreport.com today and sign up. If you don't want to subscribe but still want to support us, please rate and review our podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank you to our subscribers for making our coverage possible. And now, on to this week's episode. Thanks for checking out today's episode of the podcast. I'm very excited about this one. It's our first visit of the year with the head coach of the Merrimack men's basketball team, Joe Gallo. Uh, the Warriors getting set to open the season on Monday. That's right. College basketball is right around the corner. Merrimack opens a year on Monday at St. John. So a big matchup right out of the gate. The Warriors are going to test themselves right away with St. John's on Monday night. We'll have coverage of that on the site. And, of course, also uh, we talk about the St. John's game. We talk about all the new players that have come onto the roster, a lot of new guys, gu- especially new guards for the Warriors this year. They're going to be playing right away, some new faces. We talk about a really talented and really good front court led by Jordan Miner and Ziggy Reed. We talk about the Warriors being picked to finish first in the NEC and what that could mean and if there's any added pressure on the team because of that first-place pick. And also, we talk about more of those non-conference games. St. John's starts first. Uh, They've got a trip out to Montana for a tournament in November. They've got games against a lot of local teams, BU, Maine, UMass Lowell, Vermont, those are all very familiar, especially if you're a hockey fan, all being hockey schools as well. Uh, and then Merrimack also has uh, a game at San Francisco coming up in December in the middle of the week. So a lot to talk about. It was a really fun episode and a really good interview. So let's get right to it. This week's guest is Joe Gallo. All right, Coach. Well, the season's just around the corner. Monday night, it gets underway. We were just talking. Not a lot of Monday games, but uh, how is how is the preseason gone? I mean, you guys have been on campus now for a few weeks. I know, I know working even longer than that, but just what's the – What's the preseason been like for you guys? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, it, it started um, in July, uh, which this summer was probably the, the most important summer we've had just because of um, probably the most new faces that we'll, we'll kind of rely on to actually play that we've had in, in, a, in a long time. So uh, we had a great six weeks of summer. Uh, then they went home for a few weeks. We came back and kind of started with our preseason where you get um, – you get the eight hours the first couple of weeks between waiting room and on the court. That's early September. And then, you know, September 28th, 29th, we've been full go with practice. So um, it's been great. They've, they've gotten better each step of the way. Um, we're, we're about as healthy as you could be, uh, knock on wood, for, for this time of the year. So um, it's been a pretty good feel to the, to the group. Is it any different when you have this many new faces? I mean, you've got some key returners, right? I mean, yeah. even a lot of your starting five are going to be returning, which I'm sure helps. But when you have so many new faces, especially like on the defensive side of the ball, you guys play a little differently than other teams. Is there a sort of an introductory period for those new guys? Definitely. Um, it, but it, like you said, it's we're interesting because there's not a lot of in between. It's like either new or really old. Um, so we have, <laughs> you know, for like the, the Michael Daring and Jordan McCoy and Ziggy Reed and, and Jordan Minor, you know, they all played pretty significant minutes on our championship team as freshmen. They were our first four guys off the bench. So having older guys, um, kind of a guy at each position really, 
um, that all the younger guys from, could learn from, uh, especially on the defensive side has been huge. But these guys, like I said, thank God for that summer period because um, by the time September came around, it almost felt like they've already been there for a year having the summer. And um, they're about as advanced as, as they probably could be for this time of the year right now defensively. Do you feel like this is one of the deeper teams you've had in a while too, just in terms of like between the guys returning and then the new faces coming in. And I was just kind of going through it with some of the guys that did play off the bench significantly last year. And then some of the transfers that I'm, I'm guessing may play, you know, a pretty big role, you know, even yeah. in their first year here, you could go pretty deep in your bench, probably deeper than you've been able to go in the past. We can, we went, um, we haven't gone much more than eight um, in the past. We were even down to seven kind of late last year. Um, both our scrimmages, we had nine guys play um, double digit minutes um, and probably would have been, you know, Ryan Isaacson had a little bit of, of a ankle sprain and, and we planned on playing him, you know, some, some spot minutes in those scrimmages as well. So we would have went 10 deep and uh, it's, it's really helped on the defensive side of the ball, especially uh, having, you know, we've, we haven't had four guards that we really trusted um, in a long time. And, and now we, we do, we even have almost five, um, so just keeping that guys go that those guys fresh and active um, has really helped us on, especially on the defensive side. How have you guys kind of handled the, I, I, maybe pressure is not the right word. I don't know if there's pressure of being picked number one in the league, but there's certainly, you know, it's out there. You got to kind of assume there's going to be a target there every night. Uh, has that been addressed or is it just something where, Hey, we'll, we'll kind of attack it once, especially the league schedule doesn't open now for a few weeks. So. Yeah. I think the league is, it's the league schedule so far away. Um, I, I don't really think it affected, it has affected us much at all. You know, I, I, you know, people ask how I feel about it. Um, I think it's a it's a good acknowledgement that people recognize kind of wh where we've come as a program. Um, you know, the, the respect of our peers to pick us number one is nice, but, you know, I, I don't think it's really gotten to our guys. You know, the new guys just don't know any better. Um, yeah. They're just trying to find their, their kind of fit within everything and kind of prove themselves that way. And then our older guys, um, you know, they, they really haven't, you know, we finished fourth last year. I think they still have something to prove. So I don't think by any means they think we're being crowned champion before the things even started. I think, you know, that whole locker room still has a pretty big chip on their shoulder to go and prove their worth. It's kind of interesting. I know we were, I think we were texting about this a couple of weeks ago, but it, it said, you know, the first year in the NEC, it was kind of the backcourt that led the way in a lot of ways for you guys. And now here you are again in a position to really compete in the league. And it's the front court that looks like it's going to be pretty strong, obviously with Jordan up front and Ziggy. Yeah. Uh, is that just kind of like, it, it, it is kind of cyclical, right? Where, I mean, sometimes it just kind of depends on where you have experience. It seems like most yeah. more often than not. Yeah, definitely. And that's really what it is, is those guys have just played so many minutes and played in so many games. And yeah, they're, they're as, as good of a front court as you could have, um, not even for our level, just in general in college basketball. And um, then we got some young guards and new pieces that really complement them well. So, um, you know, I think we were picked where we were because of really those two guys and the returners. But I, I think people will be shocked when they see kind of how good some of these young guards are. And, young, you know, Devin Savage is, is a guy with um, all league potential down the road who's going to – start for us on the wing. So, um, you know, I, I think we are picked one without people even realizing how good some of these new faces are. 
Uh, I want to talk about some of the new faces in a second, but, I, but first I wanted to talk about just some of the non-conference games you guys were able to schedule. I'm always curious on how these things come about. Obviously, you open at St. John's. Uh, how, do, how did that game come about? Was there a relationship there, or was it more of a just looking to find games, two teams looking to uh, find games? Yeah, there, there, there was. Um, uh, Greg Vitrone, Shoes Vitrone, who is an assistant coach there. Um, I've known him for a long time. He's a, a New York City, New Jersey guy that um, – he was actually head coach at FDU years ago. Uh, he actually, him and I scheduled our uh, Rutgers game last year. He was on the staff at Rutgers and um, they kind of had an opening. They lost some money, called me and said, you know, we need a game. You're probably not going to have the date. It's opening night. And we actually were kind of holding out on that date for, for the bigger <laughs> opponent. So uh, it, it just kind of worked out that way. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's always good when you could, you know, we, we love, um, you know, the Gonzagas and Indianas and some of those big names where traditions are nice, but it's also, I think, nice to play some of the, you know, the Big East or some of the more local um, high major schools as well, where we could just kind of hop on a bus and be there in three hours. Yeah, obviously Providence coming up right before Thanksgiving too, kind of the same situation. And that'll be a good night. I mean, right before the holiday, you know, there's that's kind of a big night people go out. I would imagine you, you might even be able to get having off the next day it'll be a night where you may even get some fans to travel down there yeah for sure and that was a you know another one we i've known um brian blaney who's an assistant coach there and you know we scheduled a game with them four years ago now and it kind of goes in cycles you know you don't want to we kind of like to mix it up you don't want to play the same teams every year um in those uh high major games but you know every couple of years to i'd love to mix in a you know a providence of st john's we played Rutgers. you know i'd love to get you know bc um hopefully UMass one day and, you know, but the better, the better we're getting, it's harder to get some of these games. Um, I can imagine <laughs> but it, uh, the, these ones, you know, they're, they're good games for us. Is it difficult at all too, with um, not many teams play the zone defensively. So are, are there some teams that just maybe not don't want to play you because you're going to be different than what they're going to see throughout the rest of their schedule. Yeah, definitely. We get that a lot. Um, you know, what was really hard is getting scrimmages, you know, so we actually ended up playing uh, two division two teams um, in our scrimmages because a lot of the division one schools, you know, the narrative was we don't really want to play against zone that early in the year. So um, we get that with some of these bigger schools as well. You, you kind of find out real quick, those have done their homework and those who haven't, you know, sometimes people say, yeah, we'll get back to you. And then three days later, they go and watch and say, yeah, we're not we're not playing. Um, so <laughs> it, it has made it tougher, but you know, we're not going to change what we do just to, to get some better games. I don't blame you. Uh, have you had people reach out to you? I mean, I know that it's a pretty small world and I know it happens in other sports too, where if a team, you know, where you guys run, there's not a lot of teams in college that run the zone. You're not the only one, but have yeah. you had guys reach out to you, either other college coaches or coaches at other levels to be like, Hey, can we, can you send me some tape? Can I kind of learn something about this or. Yeah, we we've gotten it. Um, in the last three years, I've probably gotten either an email or a call or a practice visit um, from a uh, sixth grade, you know, rec team all the way up through the NBA, to be honest with you. Really? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, even, you know, a lot of our Saturday practices, uh, you know, if you came and watched, there's always two or three coaches there um, kind of there watching and, you know, it gets tough. You can't, you know, like, you can't respond to everybody if, if people's yeah. will, people are willing to um, come and watch for themselves. I tell people all the time, our practices are always open, but, um, but yeah, we actually just recently, the uh, TCU uh, women's team 
Yeah, we yeah, had a, that's a trip. Then that's not just like hopping in their car and, and their coach, you know, came to a game and they're going to play some zones. So, but um, you know, we don't we don't hide anything. Right? We don't yeah. always give all the secrets of the sauce, but um, but um, I, I love to share the game, and I, I um, you know, I I respect people that you know I'm not going to give the school, but I was texting with a, a assistant coach uh, from the Big East this morning about you know ways to attack St. John's and, and that type of deal. So um, it's always nice to have friends at all different levels where you could share ideas with. Sure. Uh, what The other non-conference thing I want to ask you about was Mon- your Montana's tournament. Have you ever been to Montana before? How did that come about? You know what? I, I have never been, um, but it was just, a, a, you know, these MTEs are, are, you know, you could kind of get the two extra games, you know, you kind of get three that almost counts as one. So you could either play 29 games if you don't play in one, or if you do, you could play in 31 games. Um, I always want to play the max games, especially still not being, you know, NCA eligible. Um, I want to give our guys as many games as possible. So this was more of a, um, it's like a site, I guess, online, you could call it online dating for scheduling um, <laughs> where games pop up and it was just kind of intriguing. It's, there's a little bit of money involved um it's three games in three days a, a area of the country that our guys probably have never been to and probably will never go back to yeah, um yeah. so it just seemed like a, a pretty cool trip uh, i want to talk about some of the new players too you, you mentioned uh, a few of them earlier but i'll just kind of go in numerical order here and you can tell me a little bit about what they kind of bring and, and maybe what you see their role is going to be this year uh yeah. first up as a freshman guard from wisconsin chevalier emery what i know i tracked him a little bit in high school last year i know he had a really good year last year as a senior but uh what what have you seen from him so far where do you kind of see him fitting in yeah he's a guy that um you know he's one of uh you know five guards um that that we really trust um right now you know being a freshman he's you know probably on the bottom end of that you know he's probably like some spot minutes um but future is, is super bright for him. Um, he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He can make shots. Um, he's comes from a state championship program. So he knows everything that goes into winning. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, will will have a bright, you know, his, his better days are ahead of him, but, uh, he will have a bright future here. A couple of transfers from James Madison too. You mentioned Devin Savage earlier, Jalen Stinson, another one, uh, both guards, I believe, right? Yes. Both guards. Um, with the transfer portal, you know, it's always curious, and I ask other coaches this too in other sports, is are those just players that maybe you had recruited before? Like, I imagine a lot of times I find when a player transfers and I ask the coach about him, oh, we recruited him, there was a prior relationship. Like, is that was that the case with either of these guys? It was with Jalen. We didn't we didn't necessarily recruit him before. He committed pretty early um, to, to uh, James Madison, um, but I've recruited – players from his uh, high school before. And I have a really good relationship with both his high school coach, John Moscow Archbishop Wood and, you know, Rob Brown from team final. Um, so that kind of made it easy. They were familiar with me. I was familiar with them. We, we had just lost both Mikey and Malik and we needed a guard and um, you know, we knew of him from high school. So uh, that, that came from a prior relationship. And then to be honest, and this has happened, as you know, with us before with, you know, you have Javaris and Jaleel, and then all of a sudden Idris Joyner transfers in. You know, uh, Jalen really helped us recruit Devin Savage. You know, after Jalen committed, he said, you know, I don't know what we have available, but, you know, a former teammate of mine is also looking. And, you know, then we, you know, did our homework and 
got some film on him and we were familiar with him out of high school as well, but it, it started with Jalen's recruitment and then kind of, he helped us recruit Devin as well. All three of those guys are guards. And then another new guard is Javon Bennett from, from Florida. What, what have you seen from him so far? Yeah, he's been, um, you're going to love him. He's, he steals the ball as, as well as, you know, anyone we've had since, since Travaris Hayes. Um, but he's very dynamic. He can play on the ball and off the ball. Really, uh, really, really good shooter. Um, just plays with a, with a ton of energy. He's all over the place defensively. So we're, we're excited about all those guys. Uh, you know, Jalen Stinson is um, just a rock solid, tough point guard, controls the game. Um, he's going to be our starting point guard on, on Monday night. Um, and then Devin is, is, he's more of a wing. Like he plays on that, you know, he plays basically in the second line of our zone. Um, but he is uh, super uh, active, uh, high energy, Jaleel Lordish. Um, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, on the defensive end. And then he's a really good uh, catch and shoot guy as well. You know, over the last month in practice, he's been been our best shooter. And then a guard with some size is another new player, another freshman, Jordan Durkak. You guys have a lot of size. Uh, you know, I was looking at that. Yeah. And yep. that was something I know like three years ago we talked and you were like, that's going to be something that's going to take some time to build up because, you know, just coming from D2, you don't really get a lot of size and looking up and down the roster here, not only with some of the new players, but even with some of the returners, guys you brought in over in recent years, a lot of size. And, and with Jordan, you got a six foot five guard coming in. <laughs> yeah. And he's all of six, five, maybe even bigger. And he is, um, he's a point guard. Um, he's a, you know, as tough as they come, uh, makes tons of winning plays, you know, makes everybody around him better. Um, his vision is, is, is really, really good. Gets other guys shots, you know, um, probably better shooter than he gives himself credit for. Just doesn't look as much to, he's more of a distributor. Um, but the, the good thing about, you know, Emery, Stinson, Bennett and Durkak is they're really all point guards. Um, so we could play, play them together. Um, all unselfish guys. They don't really care who has the ball, who doesn't have the ball. So it's a, really unique blend of guards and they've all complemented each other super well. Uh, and then some size up front out of, out of some freshman players as well. Uh, Elliot Black, six foot seven. Uh, Brian, is it at two move? Yeah. 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 Uh, six foot seven and uh, Brandon Lager, six foot seven. So yeah, three yeah. freshman forwards with some pretty good size up front as well. Yeah, definitely. And they're all kind of, you know, competing right now to, you know, they have it a little bit tougher because they're coming in with, probably the two best front court players in the league in front of them. Right. So the opportunity for the guards um, is there, you know, much earlier for, for, um, for the guys that came in. Um, But that doesn't take away, you know, what they've been doing and how good of players they are. They just, you know, they have to, like most freshmen probably wait their turn a little bit more than some of those guards will have to. And then at the same time with an influx of a lot of new players, does that kind of make the leadership role from guys like Jordan and Ziggy and the guys that have been around Jordan McCoy as well? Like, is it, does it, is it, you do rely more on those guys when you have so many new faces? Cause you've got some experienced faces, obviously with some of the transfers and some of the sophomores, but still a lot of freshmen coming in as well. Yeah. Um, we do. And we talk about it all the time, how they're going to be watching you and, and, and see how you act. And, um, but we also, uh, we, we hit a home run with these guys we brought in. I mean, they're like, um, like Durkak and Stinson, they're as natural born leaders as I've ever been around. And they kind of command even respect from the returners from, you know, probably the fourth practice. Um, so it's a, it's a good mix as much as, um, 
you know, we rely on that senior leadership from the returners. Um, the, the new guys come in as like very willing, you know, followers, I guess, if that's the right word. Um, and, and now that they've kind of felt their way and, and know their teammates better, like they're, they're providing a lot of leaderships themselves. So, you know, we don't even, we don't do captains. I've never done captains. Um, we just try to, you know, hold everybody to the same standard and hopefully, you know, kind of cyclical and the young guys learn from the old guys and kind of just keeps rotating that way. But, you know, a lot of that comes in the recruiting and the type of kids that we bring in. You know, it's interesting too, going back to the schedule, I know I'm bouncing around a little bit here, but uh, towards the tail end of the non-conference schedule, you got a bunch of teams that are familiar because they're local. Uh, Lowell, BU, Vermont, Maine. Uh, I, I would imagine those are coaches you probably know a little bit. They're just so close, right? Yeah. Uh, is that how those games kind of – and you've played some of those teams in the past too. Uh, is that how those games have been put together? I mean, it, it is kind of cool to look at it and see, oh, these are all kind of familiar faces because they're all so local. Yeah, to be honest, I'd love to play even more local teams. You know, it's like um, – it just makes it easy. What, what's the point of, um, you know, traveling out to, uh, out to Bucknell when you could play Holy Cross or, you know um, – going and playing, you know, Bradley, if, if UMass would be willing to play, but, um, you know, I think it just makes sense. Like regional opponents, uh, doesn't cost either school a ton of money. Um, there's some tradition there where, you know, we know of each other, you, you end up recruiting a lot of the same kids at times. Um, so I think it just makes sense. And, you know, we're, we're excited to, you know, bring Vermont in here who, you know, if you track them over the last 10 years, they, they've won as many games as anybody in, in college basketball. So, um, you know, I think as we're making this next step um, and trying to, you know, now we're going from the transition over and, you know, next year eligible for the NCAA tournament, you know, we'd like to try and build and, you know, almost emulate what places like Vermont has done with John Becker and, and the job Joe Jones has done at Boston University. You know, we'd like to, you know, eventually be mentioned in the same sentence as those guys. That's kind of a unique run on the schedule too. Sunday at home against Vermont, Wednesday at San Francisco, a little bit of a trip. <laughs> Friday right. back home against New England. That that might be a little bit of a crazy week, it looks like. Yeah. Yep, it is. And that's uh that's non conference basketball. Um <laughs> you know, we're used to it and you know I I think that's where the, the defense comes in uh, so important, right? We always tell our guys that shooting doesn't always travel, but you could travel with that defense and that energy. So that's what we'll be uh, hanging our hat on in November and December. That is kind of a unique stretch too, because you got that Sunday game then at home against Maine. So it's four games within a week. You don't probably see that very often, but at the same time, you're going into a tournament in, in November where you don't often play three games in a row. So in a row, uh, you yeah. think that'll kind of get you prepared for a stretch like that too? Yeah, yeah I, hope, there? I hope so. And a lot of that was, um, you know, we want to play as many games as possible in that uh, Lawler arena. Yeah. So with the with both, you know, we've got men's and women's hockey. Um, it's tough to find, you know, enough dates to play in there. So, you know, those two weekends were blocked off for, for basketball. So, you know, that was kind of our, our way to get as many games in there as possible as, as playing on those Fridays and Sundays. Kind of a unique place for a basketball game, too. Obviously, I went to the games last year, and I was like, you know, it, it was built as a hockey arena. I only, had only ever been in there for hockey, obviously, but it's really a pretty cool basketball venue, I thought. You know, just the, the way the sight lines are set up and, the, and yeah. the seats are kind of right there. I mean, it's almost a nice fit for basketball. It yeah, that's a, it's a little bit of a glare, but that's the yeah. – I mean, 3,000 people at, um, you know, it was loud. It was exciting. And, you know, that was, as I, I tell people, that's the best, um, 
best college basketball atmosphere I've ever, I've ever been in where the crowd is actually rooting for the team I was coaching. You know, you, <laughs> Gonzaga was tough to top, you know, Rutgers, that racket's really loud. Obviously Indiana has its history, but none of those people wanted us to win. Um, as far as people actually cheering for us, um, Lawler was as cool of an experience as I've ever been to. You think there'll be a plans here? I mean, obviously you said you have the two weekends blocked off this year. Is it kind of a goal to play to play in there as much as possible and, and get some more time? Because you're in there more this year than last year, I think, right? Uh, we are, yeah. We had two games last year. Four this year. We're trying to figure out there is an open window um, where both hockeys have a, a unique stretch of about eight to ten days where neither of them are, are home uh, during conference play. So, you know, ideally try to get another conference game or two in there. But I think um, – you know, as it goes on, uh, hopefully like our, the, the two leagues, I know Northeastern, you know, the, the CAA and the and Hockey East work with each other so that they mm -hmm. can play both games in there. I think that's something down the road that we'll be striving for. Yeah. I've covered many hockey games at Northeastern on a Friday night where, you know, I'm writing in the press box as there's 20 kids and a, and a few guys running a crew out there changing the floor over on a Friday night for like a, a noon tip off on Saturday or something like that. So it's definitely, it's doable for sure. <laughs> it's definitely doable. And I agree. I thought the atmosphere was unbelievable. Just the sight lines. I mean, it, it, it really sets up as a really nice place to watch a basketball game. <laughs> it does. It definitely does. Uh, all right, coach, we'll, uh, we'll let you on. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but certainly best of luck as the season gets going. And uh, we'll do this again. I think last year we did it right before conference play started. So maybe we'll do this again around the end of December or so. Let's do it.